Welcome to this week's The Good, The Bad, and The Yummy. Let's go. Welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey, you're on air with Ella and welcome to the good, the bad and the yummy. This week's quick and dirty episode on one thing I'm loving, one thing I'm not and a super simple recipe. Let's start with announcements though. First of all, I want to thank my Patreon supporters. I don't know if you've noticed this show coming out more often, usually with two episodes a week. That is only possible because of the people who have gone to patreon.com and pledged money to support the show. It's absolutely amazing. So whether you're contributing $1 or one pound, all the way up to over $100, you are the reason the show is coming out faster and quicker and allowing me to use producers and people to help me get this work done faster so that I can get the content to you. But drum roll, please. You are the reason I am able to make a really huge announcement this week. I will be doing so on Facebook Live, a secret announcement. I can't tell you right now, but it is coming this week and I could not be more excited about something we are doing together in 2018. So get ready for that. Guess what? Another announcement. I finally got off my duff and did something for you that I've been wanting to do for a long time. It's at onairwithella.com. And here's the deal. There are brands that I love and products that I use. And sometimes I talk about them on the good, the bad, and the yummy episodes. And sometimes I just mention them. And sometimes I still haven't even gotten around to sharing them with you. Well, when I contact companies that have products that I love and ask them for coupon codes and product links, they almost always give them to me. And now I'm sharing them with you. So here's the deal. On the website at onairwithella.com, there's now a shop tab. And if you go there, you will see friends of the show. And if you click on friends of the show, you will see the products with whom I now have affiliate relationships and affiliate links. And if you buy any of their products through the friends of the show page, it helps the show for sure. For example, I might get credit for the sale and I might make a few bucks if you click through my site. And it of course doesn't cost you anything more, but more exciting for you is the fact that in many cases, they've given me promo codes exclusively for my audience that I can share with you. So you'll find things on there like the Mary Ruth organic vitamins that I use in the morning and at night that I'm obsessed with that make my nails and hair grow really fast like a cartoon character. That's on there. Atrontil, the bloating relief supplement, it's on there with a 15% off coupon code. A lot of products we talk about on the show when they offer us coupon codes. I know you can't remember all of that, so I put it all in one place finally, finally, finally. So at onairwithella.com, there's a shop tab and a page called Friends of the Show, and you will find all of that there, okay? And I'll add to it as we go and as I develop more relationships and can offer you guys more promotions and coupons. So that's a great way to help the show, but also to get a little discount. Speaking of Atrontil, a lot of you have been asking me how me using Restore and Atrontil, two supplements that I mentioned in the recent bloating episodes and digestion episodes that I've done recently, and I am going to do a full-blown show on that for you. I promise, promise, promise I'll do a follow-up with you. In fact, 
Dr. Ken Brown of Autrantil, he and I had an interview scheduled and due to technical difficulty, we had to reschedule, but I promise you that's coming soon. Okay, finally, if you're listening to this in real time, there's a New York meetup, October 11th. I have sent out emails to those of you who have said you're interested and created an event in Facebook. So go ahead and jump on there because on October 11th, I'll be able to communicate with you that way. All right, if you are ever looking for an email from me because you wrote to me and never heard back, please check your spam folder. I'm usually in there and I don't like it in there. Okay, this week's The Good was inspired by real life events as they almost always are. And that is that several of you have been asking me about some recipes and things that I use in my kitchen that you've never heard of before. Or maybe I post something on Instagram and you're like, wait, what? What's a kelp noodle? (laughs) So this week's good is twofold. It's kelp noodles and coconut aminos. Now, why am I sharing coconut aminos and kelp noodles with you and what the heck are they? Let's start with coconut aminos. Coconut aminos, it's, they're, they're a sauce. I don't know if it's supposed to be singular or plural. Let's say singular. But it is a dark, rich, and salty kind of soy sauce-like sauce, but without the MSG and without the GMOs and without the Insta bloat that you might experience after consuming soy sauce. They contain 17 amino acids and it's just good for you, mineral rich. It's made from raw coconut tree sap and sea salt. And again, it's something that is used in low dose. A little goes a long way because just like soy sauce, it's very, very salty. I use this as a substitute for soy sauce, but I don't even really think about it that way. I just use it when I'm stir frying almost any veggie. So I'll use it when I'm stir frying squash. And if I'm ever making something like tempeh or something vegan like that, that doesn't have a lot of taste naturally, then I dash some coconut aminos on there and it's so flavorful that it, you know, it soaks up the flavor of the coconut aminos. This is a go-to for me if I'm ever making cauliflower rice. Cauliflower rice is genius. And you know you can get cauliflower rice if you don't want to make it yourself. You can get it at Trader Joe's in a bag or at Whole Foods in a bag and probably a lot of places now because people are catching on. But I love putting coconut aminos in my cauliflower rice to season it. And the other thing I do is I will put a dash of it on spaghetti squash or really any other sort of starchy vegetable that I'm cooking or cruciferous vegetable that I'm cooking. So I love it. It's great on eggplant, really almost anything of that ilk that you're making. So super flavorful, a little goes a long way, coconut aminos, and I will link to a picture of that in the show notes and show you where you can get it, okay? And that leads me to kelp noodles. Kelp noodles are exactly what they sound like. They are noodles made out of kelp, which is seaweed. (laughs) And they have a very neutral taste. And I think an entire bag of kelp noodles has one gram of carbohydrate in it. Now, I do not count macros. You know that if you've been listening, but I find it fascinating that I can eat something noodle-like and I'm not starching up with it. And I'm getting a lot of iodine and other minerals that I need in a healthy balanced diet. So kelp noodles are not something I would just throw at the family and pretend they are pasta. That is not my suggested use for kelp noodles. Here's what I do. I rinse them off. You always want to rinse them off. I buy them in a package. They're stored in a liquid and I rinse them off and then I stir fry them with some coconut aminos. Do you see how this works? It's all coming together. All right. Then I'll throw in some veggies and stir fry it all up and I've spent a approximately five minutes making a dish that has noodles and vegetables and flavor and it's yum. 
Kelp noodles are something that I also like with an avocado tahini sauce or a nice rich sauce. They are a totally neutral base. And again, they soak up the flavor of whatever you're cooking them with. They'd be good with pesto. They'd be good with anything rich. Again, this is not meant to replace pasta. Do not take spaghetti sauce and throw it over kelp noodles and stick it in front of your children. I beg you. It's a great thing to add to your pantry stash, a great thing to add to your diet, and a great thing to consider trying just because of its nutrient content. The happiness factor that you get eating a bowl full of noodles in just about anything, and it's something new. P.S. One of my favorite things to do is to make a broth of some kind, even a veggie broth, and put the kelp noodles in there, and all of a sudden I feel fancy and it's delish. So those are two things I want to introduce to you today, kelp noodles and coconut aminos, if you're not already using one or both, and I will link to them in the show notes so you can just click through and check them out for yourself. Now let's talk about the bad. Today's bad is a lecture that I like to deliver annually. It is called, Keep Those Cell Phones Off of Your Body. (laughs) I think it's great for us to have a reminder, and I want to remind you as to why this is so important. So we already know that most of us experience ongoing cell phone radiation exposure, right? For many minutes, even hours a day. And keeping your cell phone on your body is significantly adding to your exposure. There's no dispute that there's radiation emitted from a cell phone. The question is how much and how bad is it for you? And is it bad for you at all? And so on and so forth. Lots of people say yes, and lots of people say no. And I will link to some research for you, or alternatively, you can just take my word for it and implement a few tips to reduce your cell phone radiation exposure, okay? Because on what planet is it actually doing you any favors? Am I right? Now, just so you know, the stronger the phones we get, the stronger and the faster and the more powerful, the more radiation they are emitting. So the iPhone 8 has far more radiation than the iPhone 3 ever did, right? And so this is not going away. And nobody here is suggesting that we not use our cell phones. But that doesn't mean that we can't be smart about how we use them. So one great thing to know is that the body's absorption of cell phone radiation falls off dramatically with distance. Just a few feet makes a huge difference. A couple of inches matter. So a phone held a couple of inches away from the body delivers hundreds of times less radiation to the body as one held right up against the skin. Think about that. If you hold the phone up right next to your body, you're delivering hundreds of times more radiation than you are if you just pull it a few inches away. So if you want to deep dive into this topic, I actually found it sort of fascinating and I did an episode Gosh, I think it was back in the 60s, not the 1960s, but episode 67. And I interviewed Dr. Elizabeth Plourd about cell phone radiation and EMF. So I will, of course, link to that if you would like a refresher. But let's today just stick to some tips without deep diving into the science because these are so easy to do. So while other people might spend their time debating the amount of harm or the amount of exposure that cell phones might create, what if we just did a few simple things so we had to worry about it less. Here are some tips. Number one, don't hold your phone next to your ear. Use the speaker or a headset. And my favorite headset of all time is an AirTube headset because it conducts zero electricity from your phone to your brain. But I will admit that I have about four headsets because I leave them everywhere, right? I have one in my car, one on my desk, and two that I just permanently lose at all times. (laughs) 
(laughs) And they all rotate with one another. The long and the short of it is, when you use the speaker, you are conducting a lot less electricity and absorbing a lot less radiation between the phone and your precious brain. When you use a headset, you are minimizing it, but not reducing it to zero. When you use an air tube headset, you are essentially and almost reducing that radiation to zero insofar as that headset is conducting it into your brain from the cell phone, okay? Another tip. Don't sleep with your phone in the bed or on a nightstand right next to your precious head. Don't do it. Even if you put it over on the dresser, for example, and not right next to your bed. It serves the happy purpose also of when the alarm goes off, you actually have to get up out of bed to turn it off, right? So that might help you too. But if you leave it in airplane mode, the alarm still works. Or you could invest in a nice, inexpensive little alarm clock like I have done on my nightstand. Whether you leave the phone outside of your room or many feet away from the bed, no matter what you do, switch it to airplane mode so it's not emitting a signal all night and disrupting your sleep, okay? You don't need it. You don't need it dinging in the middle of the night. Now, if you do, maybe you're on call, put that thing a few feet away so that it's not right next to you. Don't keep your phone on and in your pocket. There are studies documented, proven, established that cell phone radiation will kill sperm. It reduces sperm motility and it kills sperm. If it can kill sperm by being on and in your front pocket, gentlemen, what else can it be doing? We don't know. Why hazard it? Unless you are looking for very interesting alternate forms of birth control, power the phone down or put it in airplane mode when you're carrying it around in your pocket if you have to. And the other option, of course, is to put it in something else or put it in an EMF guard if you're carrying it in your pocket. But for the love of all things good, bad, and yummy, Please keep your cell phone out of your jog bra, ladies. Oh, it makes me crazy and I don't want to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? But when I'm at the gym or going for a run and I see a woman with a cell phone right over her heart and on top of her boob, I want to intervene. It may come me crazy. So don't put those cell phones right up against your skin no matter what and certainly not over your heart or over your breast. Can we agree on that? All right, a couple of things you may not know. The weaker the signal, the stronger the signal the cell phone puts out. So the weaker the signal in the environment, the stronger the signal emitted by the cell phone. So if you are in a weak signal area, wait to make that phone call and certainly don't hold the phone up to your head one moment longer than you need to. Or take it away from the kids if they're using it to mess around or on a car trip. The weaker the signal, the stronger the emission from the cell phone itself. Switching sides might even help. If you're speaking on a phone and you're holding it near your left ear, it's not a bad idea to switch it over to the right ear because cell phone radiation, like all radiation, gets worse with the more it accumulates, okay? So dose matters. So when you switch sides, you're very obviously reducing the exposure on one side. Of course, you're transferring it to the other, but you're starting from zero, if you will, on that side. So some say that it reduces your exposure when you sort of split the time in half and transfer sides. Again, No need to hold that cell phone right up against the ear. You can still hear holding it an inch or two away if you don't have a headset handy and if speakerphone's not an option for you right at that moment. Another tip, wait for the other party to answer before you engage with that cell phone more closely. Cell phones put out more radiation at the beginning of a call as the connection is being established. So wait until the other party picks up before holding a cell phone closer to talk. And finally, rethink the kiddos 
Do your kids need minutes or even hours a day on the phone? I mean, did you? Because it wasn't an option for me. I don't know about you, but I managed to get here and get all grown up without spending hours a day on a radiation emitting device that gave me 24 hour access to the World Wide Web. It just wasn't a factor. So because their skulls are thinner and their brains are growing more quickly, cell phone radiation is likely to be more dangerous for kids. So if they need to use the phone, do you remember those that old technology? It was made out of plastic and had buttons and a wire and it plugged into the wall and it was called a landline. Do you guys remember that? I'll include a picture in the show notes. But if they could use a landline or text or use the speakerphone or use headphones and better yet, an air tube headset, that's gonna be better to keep the cell phone radiation away from their growing heads and growing brains, okay? As always, just some tips for you to consider and hopefully sharing some information you weren't aware of for you to do what works for you. Okay, let's talk yummy. Now, this yummy, this recipe is so basic. It's so basic that I'm almost embarrassed to share it with you, except let's get real. Let's be honest. When am I not basic? Okay, I shared on social media a recipe from the Detoxinista, detoxinista detoxinista.com, and she has such wonderful recipes, and a lot of them are easy to assemble, therefore I am able to follow them. And I shared a recipe that you guys went nuts for, for these pumpkin bars. That will be in the show notes, but I have an even simpler recipe if you are feeling the pumpkin spirit and you want to whip something up in five minutes. Now it heats up for 30, but it literally takes five minutes to assemble this thing. It is four ingredient flourless pumpkin bake. And all it requires is one can of pumpkin. The can of pumpkin that I get is BPA free. I will link to it in the show notes. A natural sweetener that you love. So it could be honey, it could be molasses, it could even be xylitol, which I'll link to if that's new to you. One heaping tablespoon of gelatin powder, something that I've talked about before, and three eggs. Those are the main ingredients. And then you want spices. So I actually use pumpkin pie spice and real salt in this recipe. And you can go crazy with nutmeg. You can do whatever you want. But I highly recommend pumpkin pie spice and real salt. Now, this is where it gets complicated, as it usually does week to week. And I so appreciate your faith in me and your willingness to stick through. Because here's what you do. You whisk it all together. You pour it in a dish. And you heat it up. Okay? Whisk, pour, heat. And when you are done, you come out with this fluffy, flourless pumpkin bake. And it feels comfort foody, right? But it's full of nutrients and vitamins and yumminess. So I love that it's comfort food-like, autumn-like with the pumpkin pie spice. It checks off so many boxes. And yet it is, as promised, stupid stupid easy. And oh my vegans, do not think I forgot about you. I am sharing an alternate recipe for you in the links for this show for vegan no-bake pumpkin tarts. No eggs required. Okay, you can find all of that with episode 138 at onairwithella.com. That's it for this week's quick and dirty the good, the bad, and the yummy. Somebody make my four ingredient pumpkin bake and send me a picture. Tag me on air with Ella on Instagram or Facebook. I cannot wait to hear from you. And as always, tell me what you want more of, and I will do my best to make it happen. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. 
Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.